a jam-packed edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast for you today, as we always do stock up, stock down on Tuesdays, but also the Eagles signed Julio Jones. We're going to get into that and more coming up right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. of the Lockdown Eagles podcast is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm Louis DiBiase, joined as always by Gino Camilleri. And of course, as we do always on Tuesdays, stock up, stock down after the Eagles' first loss of the season to the New York Jets. They're now 5-1 and one as they get ready for a massive matchup this Sunday night with the Miami Dolphins, and it's Kelly Green week as well. And uh, the first Kelly Green signing, I guess you could say, because the tweet the Eagles promoted, they're using the logo all week long. It's for a signing of a very popular name, one of the best wide receivers in NFL history. The Eagles today, Gino, agreed to a one-year contract with Julio Jones. I think you'd agree if, if you showed 2016, Lou and Gino, this, they would be losing their minds. Not as excited now as he's a shell of who he used to be, but with Quez Watkins on injured reserve with Olmid Zacchaeus still on the roster, and he's he's fine, but we've been calling for an upgrade with that fourth passing target, and I feel like in a rotation, you know, Julio could still have some juice in that way. For name value alone, I mean. Yeah, it's cool in that way, right? Like, it's like the Mariota sign. It's just neat to have Julio Jones as an eagle. Big time positive vibe signing. That's for yes, sure. for sure. Yeah, yeah, the excitement level. I, I sent you an all caps text, and you were like, "Chill out." And it was, it I was more it. like that's the, the just name you every time they sign anybody. I'm surprised yeah, you didn't do that absolutely. with Josiah Scott. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm all about the Josiah Scott signing, and frankly, they're going to have to do more there, and we'll talk about that. But yes, with Julio, I think it comes down to just shoring up that position right now because beyond Olamide Zacchaeus, like God forbid, one of those guys does go down. It's Britton Covey yeah. and then a whole bunch of nothing, right? And Julio Jones, I think he is exactly what you were going to expect out of an Indomitian Sioux, Linval Joseph with this type of move at this point in the season where they come in and they're a veteran who hopes you shore up a position. Do you get as much in terms of play and snaps out of Julio as you got out of those two last year and an efficient and effective manner? I'm not sure, but does it help shore up a position where last week it seemed like everybody else forgot how to catch the football. Julio Jones, he has some pretty good hands, regardless of where he is in his career. He could still run routes, and he's not going to have to be the first, second. He's not, mm. maybe not even going to have to be the third option. He's just going to have to be a guy that we always talk about. Go and hit your corner three. Danny Green will sign you halfway through the year. Go and hit those two corner threes when we need you, right? Right. No, exactly. I, I totally agree. And, you know, he's a big body, can help in the red zone right now. They're mm-hmm. struggling in that way. And so, yeah, I just think they needed to upgrade at the spot. We were actually talking about it the other day on a different show, um, potentially trading for Zach Ertz, like that kind of reunion, just somebody that, you know, a veteran that knows how to get open, like a Hunter Renfro. Could you potentially trade for him with the Raiders or who's out there? Because 
again, Zacchaeus has been good. He's made some great blocks downfield. He's had a couple explosive plays in that game against Tampa Bay. But for the most part, like he's been whatever. And Quez Watkins has just been a liability out there. So not that they needed this, right? Because you have target monsters and AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. But as you're mentioning, when you just need that one or two corner threes, can they hit it? And even the version of Julio Jones you're getting right now, I still probably trust over Quez and OZ. So in that way, I, I do think it's a good signing. And it, it does remind me a lot of the Linval Joseph and, and Nandonik and Sue moves from last year, where halfway through the year, maybe you get a, a fresh veteran who's got a lot of experience and with a reduced role might be more efficient than he was when other teams like, you know, Tampa Bay and Tennessee were asking him to do way more than he was capable at the time. I think that's the way that people might perceive this move. It's like, oh, look at what he did in Tampa. Look at what right. he did in Tennessee. It's they were like, asking him to do way more. Was Tennessee good at that point? Outside no, he was of wide Brown? receiver too, Gino. I mean, they traded for yeah. the guy. Like, they had big expectations. Yeah, they gave up a big, I think, a second round pick to go and get Yeah, him. <laughs> yeah. They still thought he was going to be good. And then he goes to Tampa in a year where I think that whole team thought they were going to overperform. And they, yeah. of course, underperformed. Very dream team-esque type of vibes to it. Mm. This move, just to me, like you had said, Lou, it's a veteran type of move at a position where you need a guy, frankly. Mm-hmm. I mean, Quez Watkins, he's on the injured reserve. And does it fit the culture? Like, is it going to impact you in a negative way? I think bringing in a 34-year-old, well-respected Julio Jones to a room that already has a lot of guys that are high-character individuals on this right. team, he's just going to fit in with what the message is and the message is we want to go win football games and important football games. And I think we all exactly. know why he wants to sign here. And he's really good friends with AJ Brown. Devonte Smith has said in the mm-hmm. past, one of the receivers he likes to watch the most is Julio Jones, who went to Alabama, just like it feels like the rest of this offense. So, or played in the sec. So in that way too, yeah, definitely helps. And again, you know, just from a fan perspective, it's fun just to see Julio Jones in an Eagles Jersey, right? Kind of like the Mariota signing this past off season. It gives you that like NBA golden state warriors ask or LeBron James esque kind of move where, these veterans are just trying to ride the coattails of a title contender just to get that one last ring. And in that way, it's kind of a compliment, I think, to the Eagles and what they're building. Who was it? Oh, my gosh. There's always like one or two guys that you're like, that's the 13th guy on the NBA roster. For instance, like I thought of like with the Golden State Warriors, like David West at one point was on yes, this team. Exactly. Like, no, no way. Good, David West is one. on this team. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. No, I'm I'm there with you. And oh, right now with the Phillies, and I'm so far removed from baseball with my Yankees <laughs> being bad, but I'm watching the yeah. game and I see Evan Longoria. I'm like, this yeah, guy is right. still in the in the MLB at this point. Mm-hmm. And that's what Julio Jones hopefully is going to come in and do. And you don't want it to be one of those moves that takes away anything from younger players. They don't really have much. I was gonna to, say they don't have any options. Exactly. It's not like you're taking reps away from another position. And same no. thing with the Josiah Scott move. It's like, frankly, they need guys to go and play the position just to be there. Right. And yeah. Julio, he's better than what you're going to get at this point. Getting guys off practice squads, maybe, this precludes you from making a move at wide receiver via a trade, which I, think I would was guess a now probably. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think you're doing things that are just helping patch up the walls, right? Like those little mm-hmm. things on offense. Like we need guys that can catch a third and six. We just need a six yard stick route when AJ Brown is going to be manned up and Devonte is going to be manned up. And we just need somebody reliable to go get that football. Yeah. And you thought you had that in Quez and, 
Maybe they don't see OZ as highly as we do, and I still think he has some juice for this offense, but this is a, a good move. I mean, it, it. I don't see a, a big downside to it at all, if any. There's no risk. I mean, there's no guaranteed money basically involved. And again, he's mm-hmm. your fourth target, maybe fifth with the way DeAndre Swift is getting involved in the passing game. Defenses are not really going to hone in on Julio Jones, so maybe he can make something of that You know, with the open space that he might have. So I, I like the move as well, not something to get overly excited about, for a football perspective, but cool. And I think it could really help this team for sure. And mm-hmm. uh, Gina, before we get into stock up, stock down, the Eagles also did bring in a familiar face. They have re-signed Josiah Scott, who was on the Pittsburgh Steelers practice squad, I believe. Yes, correct. Sir. Mm-hmm. Josiah Scott played a lot last year when Avante Maddox went down in the slot. They actually cross-trained him last year at safety too. So right now they are just bleeding in the defensive backfield. Eli Ricks is hurt. Avante Maddox, of course, before um, Bradley Roby, Reed Blankenship, Sidney Brown, Justin Evans. I mean, and you've got this Miami Dolphins matchup coming up on Sunday. That's the best passing attack right now in football. It makes sense that they had to bring in at least somebody, but I wouldn't say this stops them from doing anything. I think Howie Roseman is not done when it comes to like signing players or trading for somebody. Jeremy Chin, who knows who it could be, but Josiah Scott's just the first shoe to drop, I think, back there. They got to add many players. Especially after Bradley Roby goes out, you're very thin in the slot it's, already. Yeah, it's not looking great. And Eli Ricks was taking some snaps there. He goes down, yeah, as was. you had said. I think they're not a matter of if, but when they make when, the move. Sure. For and and there's, that's where the options are out there in the trade market, you know, too, is especially at safety. Yeah, it's loaded, and the Eagles yeah. have to do something. And Howie Roseman isn't the guy that's just like, oh, let's ride this. Like, let's just keep going. Never. If today was as evident as ever with Julio Jones. It's like, even if we think we can get by with this unit, let's try and make some money in the crumbs, as I always say on this show. And I think they're going to continue to do that. But hopefully it's not just a minor move like Josiah Scott would you like to have seen maybe a move happen sooner rather than later with Miami coming up? Yeah, but hopefully you do get Darius Slay back. Hopefully Reed can come back healthy. Hopefully Sidney Brown can play. Yeah, that's a big if, but man, it's going to be a tough test regardless. The good news is none of those injuries are really serious. I think Slay will play on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I would hope Sidney Brown could return to this game. He's missed a couple weeks now um, with that hamstring injury. Reed Blankenship, the x-rays came out negative there, so... You know, hopefully you get most of those reinforcements back, but Gino, regardless, you still need reinforcements in the slot. You still need upgrades, I think, at safety, so you don't have to use Terrell Edmonds, right? And Justin mm-hmm. Evans now plays on IR. So, yeah, Howie Roseman, I think he's busy at work right now. And the Philadelphia Inquirer reported today, actually, that Howie and his staff spent all of Monday working the phones around the league looking for defensive backfield help. So I think that's going to come in the form of a a pretty big move. I don't think this is going to be your small, like Josiah Scott type of move. I think there's something big coming for sure. And when you have Super Bowl aspirations, you you can't mess around with the secondary. Uh, We'll get into stock up, stock down coming up next right after this. The Eagles do fall in their first loss of the season to the New York Jets on Sunday. Who shined and who struggled in that matchup? That's coming up next first. Today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of working against yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I've been doing it now for a few years and it's totally helped me change in that exact way. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I've switched multiple times 
for free. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today. You're going to get 10% off your first month of online therapy. Once again, that's BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month of therapy. If you also want to take care of your mental health, you're probably going to enjoy a favorite snack years. Maybe it's a slice of pizza, and maybe it's during a Philadelphia Eagles game. That's one thing I do when I want to sit back and relax. But if I don't want to go out into society, I just want to sit back in my sweatpants. I just go on my phone and I use the DoorDash app. I couldn't be happier when I found out that DoorDash was going to be a sponsor of the show. We frankly use this way too many times a week. Lou, I don't know about you, but DoorDash, it's the convenience factor. Every day. Yeah, after a long day when you're just dealing with the Philadelphia Eagles blues and you don't want to worry about cooking, you just hop on the app, whatever you want. Pizza, sandwiches, subs, you could get your groceries. They got any restaurant that you can imagine on there, even retail. And you today, all you have to do, download the app, the DoorDash app that is, and you could get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. All you have to do when you download that app is enter code LOCKED23. And as I said, you will get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend 15% or more. I'm telling you, I use this as soon as I saw the promo code. And thank you, DoorDash, for helping out our everydayers today. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Louis DiBiase and Gino Camilleri joining you as always. Time for Stock Up, Stock Down. The first loss of the season handed over by Zach Wilson and the New York Jets. More so their defense. An incredible yeah. performance for sure. The Eagles are now 5-1. and one. Big matchup coming up this Sunday night against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Gino, let's start with, before we get into Stock Up, Stock Down, I want to start with the stock watch of Jalen Hurts. And right now, I think most people would say down considering the three interceptions, the pass at the end, that pick, the final pick, which cost them the game. You look at the box score. Now he's got seven interceptions this year, which is very uncharacteristic of him. But I don't know. I'm not really concerned. I think outside of that last interception, Jalen was phenomenal last week, considering the circumstances of you lose your best offensive lineman in Lane Johnson at right tackle. Jack Driscoll allows eight pressures against one of the best defenses in the league. And yet you for three and a half quarters, I thought he was incredible. And you look at the way he was progressing, you know, that Tampa game. And then you look at the Washington game and then Los Angeles. I think he's been slowly more and more looking like the 2022 elite hurts. So for me, I'm not really like concerned. There's all this talk around the media and Eagles Twitter right now. Like, should we be concerned about Jalen based on outside of like that last interception? When you go through like all seven picks, most of them have been him trying to take a shot. And it's like, you know, the Tampa Bay game. It's the deep shot to A.J. Brown in the corner of the end zone. The, the same, or the Devontae Smith. And then against the Rams, it's kind of the same thing. I think most of the turnovers have been a product of play calling and just being aggressive more so than anything. So I don't know. I, I'm not concerned. And honestly, that you can't say stock up because of that last pick. But I thought it was a stock up performance the majority of the time from Jalen on Sunday. I think it's a complete overreaction at some yeah. point of it. And Ruben Frank said this quote that I disagree with highly he said it's like you pass every class all year and then the final exam counts for 50 percent, and you fail that but at the same time this isn't an individual sport i feel like this is also more, one passing attempt i mean yeah he did this is more that he did the whole project and he got sick the day that they had to present the project and everybody else had to do everything right they yes. just didn't do it so 
yeah, I mean, cut him some slack, man. He lifted that team through, once again, 75% of their third downs and fourth downs were over f- five yards. And right. Jalen Hurts converted tons of them with his legs, with his arms. How much more did you want him to bail this team out? And I know that fourth and eight pass, it was tough. I put out the all 22 view of it, and I kind of just looked at it nonchalantly like there wasn't anything there. But like, what more did you want him to do? Did you want him to run? Oh, we want him to stay safe all of a sudden. Now we're just saying run at will, Jalen. Run at will. No, like it, we we can't have our cake and eat it too here, folks. If you want him to stay healthy, you have to limit the runs. I think he did above and beyond what he had to with his legs in that game to get it done. That last passing attempt, yes, it's absolutely tough, but there are things with your play caller, with execution, with the situation of losing lane. There's so many things that if you boil it down into the context – Jalen Hurts played above and beyond the standard that you would have expected yeah. in that game. And he played above the stats. Again, you're going to see three interceptions, yes. but and you're going to see seven on the year. But again, I think those first two picks were not his fault. The last one definitely was. And mm-hmm. the majority of the seven interceptions, I don't think were bad picks. These aren't like Carson Wentz 2020 mindless plays where he's just chucking it up and playing hero ball 24-7. Even like those deep shots against Tampa and LA that were picked off, I like the looks. Some of them are just miscommunications. I think some of them too are, again, a result of play calling. I'm not concerned about Jalen. I don't see a quarterback out there that's lost, that's regressing, that these picks and turnovers are because of accuracy concerns, or he's just not seeing the field as well, like he's not feeling the pocket. I think the first two games of the season against New England and Minnesota, you could make that case, but maybe even halfway through the Tampa Bay game, but the last three games, I I wouldn't say that's the issue at all, and I don't think that was the case against the Jets either. You can't want him to do these Houdini type of plays where he just makes four or five guys miss and then delivers these gems while he's stiff arming a player. Right. And then all of a sudden you want him to play it safe. Like AJ Brown, I said it on the show the other day where he had tweeted, you want a dog, but you get mad when he goes and hunts. And right. that's exactly what it is. Like you can't get mad if Jalen hurts is going to take those shots. And it wasn't the box score. will say it was, but it wasn't a snowball type of game. Like Jalen was carrying them a lot of the way in that. And game. He's not taking and deep shots. Every single passing attempt, you know, that's the other thing. No, like he's not reckless. No, I mean, look at the situation where the Dallas Goddard fumble happens. They're probably on their way to put up points there. Look at the DeAndre Swift situation. Look at the next interception where, I mean, his arm is hit. Like, what can you do there? He was pressured over 40% of the time. Mm -hmm. Quarterbacks can't win like that. Contextualize it. That's what you have to do with Jalen Hurts. Now... Do you have to hold him accountable for his actions? Yeah, and Nick Sirianni said it. He was in his ear. He said, you can't make that throw. And we're not going to be people that say, throw the ball into double coverage, Jalen. But at the same time, he makes some unbelievable throws where it's like, you can't hold back the Hulk and get mad when he takes down a couple buildings. Like, I'm sorry. No, I agree. And again, yes, there are more plays than last year where he's making mistakes for sure. But it's not this, it shouldn't be worth a conversation of, is Jalen Hurts a concern of this football team? I'm not even close to being there at all. Not even so, in the universe of that. Right, exactly. So I would still say, I mean, stock even at this point. Again, that last pick can't allow me to say stock up, but for the majority of that game, I thought he was he looked as good as he has all year. Um, stock up as well to A.J. Brown, another incredible performance, you know. And, and what's up with – you know, Donovan McNabb, I don't know if you saw the comments today on WIP. He makes it very, very hard to appreciate what he did in Philly because every time this guy talks, it is just 
obviously just reeking insecurities and he's trying to force and confirm a narrative about his past time with the Eagles versus the actual situation now. And he said basically that the offense is force feeding AJ Brown instead of, you know, getting into a tempo and spreading the ball. Like it's, it's just about making sure he's happy because of him complaining in Minnesota. It's so clearly about Terrell Owens. That really was a comment about TO and not AJ. And just every time he talks, man, it's just like makes it harder to root for five every single time. For those of you on YouTube, I've had a picture of Donovan McNabb that I've had since I was about 12 years old hanging on the yeah. wall behind me. I'm going to, I'm going to talk to Donovan here for a second, if you will. Hey, Donovan, um, I don't know if you're the guy that should be giving wide receiver advice on how to handle interpersonal relationships yeah. when you basically allowed Terrell Owens to walk out of Philadelphia because you couldn't put your ego in check. All right, you won't be on the wall for the rest of the season. But yeah, Donovan McNabb, enough of that. A.J. Brown, give the guy the ball every single time. He was the only player catching the ball. You literally could have thrown it to him 300 times, and I would yeah. not care. And guess I what? You know, care. The offense has been, like he said that McNabb said the offense hasn't been the same since A.J. Brown was complaining on the sidelines against the Vikings. You're right. It's been better. The passing attack since that moment has been better. Exponentially. So throwing the football to A.J. Brown is not a bad idea. And also, like, let's contextualize this because McNabb clearly is not watching these games. Devontae Smith, if he doesn't drop two passes, would have had seven receptions two of the last three weeks. Dallas Goddard, two games ago, just had eight catches. This past week, he had, what, seven or eight targets and five receptions? They're just throwing the ball a lot. Even DeAndre Swift is getting way more involved. So to say suddenly A.J. Brown complained, which, by the way, Brown reiterated again on Twitter today, it was not about targets week two. But to say, like, Brown's getting more involved and everybody else is not getting enough at the table, I don't think that's been the case, and the numbers prove that. Kenny Gainwell got a very important pass thrown his way on third. Right. Down. And I hate that, <laughs> but you're let's, right. Let's relax, Donovan. And yeah, that's going to be the, the talking point of the national media too. And it's like, no man, if you really look at their passing offense, the last couple weeks, it's been the most variety. I would say in terms of target share that you have seen, I mean, Deandre Swift is getting involved. The, the last game. I yeah. think you probably had the most different targets thrown their way to different guys in this. Right, offense, just a random game to pick that out. Yeah, it, it's wild. And like I said, Donovan isn't the guy that should be talking about stuff like this. I'll take Jalen hurts leading my football team when it comes to the interpersonal relationships with the yeah. guy who is the godfather of AJ Brown's child, Donovan relax. And AJ Brown was one of the only, and he was one of the only reasons you had a chance to win that football game, by the way, he leads the league in receiving over the last month. And honestly, Gino, I would go as far as saying the last four games of wide receiver play from AJ Brown, I think he's been the best quality of receiver play I've ever seen from an Eagle. Yeah. I mean, it's a better stretch than I saw on TO and TO was the best guy that I've seen in Philadelphia in my lifetime. And I'm sure there are people will say that Harold had some stretches and Mike quick and Tommy McDonald, but I mean, in the modern day, dude, when everybody is built like him, he's still dominating. Like that's, that's tough in the best way. Like the dude yeah. is a dog. So let's keep going with stock up here. I mean, there's not much more to talk about after that loss against the Jets, but you know, how about the entire defensive line? I mean, talk about one of the only reasons you had a chance. I mean, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, but that defensive line led by Hassan Reddick, who has another huge game, two and a half sacks. He's got five and a half now in the year, despite not having one in the first three games. Josh Sweat wrecking that ball game. Second in pressures this year now in the NFL behind Micah Parsons, fourth in hits. Milton Williams and Jordan Davis stepped up. I mean, without... 
without Jalen Carter, your best lineman on the interior, maybe the entire line right now so far this year, they still dominated. So hats off to the pass rush every game they come through. You know what my favorite rush of the game was? Jordan Davis taking that man and moving him like it was an ATM on a push cart, like just on a dolly. He's like, I need to move you from point A to point B. I'm 340 pounds, and I am an unbelievable athlete. And it's like, that's what we've been waiting for. Like those little things that we've been waiting for, for Josh to be recognized as one of the better guys in the league and Milton Williams to get the snaps that he deserved. He got him. Listen to Milton Williams over the last three games, nine pressures, five hurries, three quarterbacks, quarterback hits and a sack. You're getting that from like your seventh, sixth or seventh guy in the rotation based on snaps. There were a couple times too when Contavious Street stepped up in that ball game. If you go yeah. back and watch that all twenty-two, man, he had a couple good run stuffs. Everybody is making plays. Besides one guy that I want to talk about on Stockdown, oh, but yeah, yeah. yeah we got to get to it. We can't. We already made the mention of the group project. This yeah. is the guy that just doesn't show up for the whole project, doesn't show up for the presentation. He was me in college. He was me in college. <laughs> yes. And we're going to get into him coming up next right here in the Lockdown Eagles podcast. But first, today's show is sponsored by Game Time. You should have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event, whether it's sports, music, comedy, theater. Game Time's got you covered. I've been to a lot of comedy shows this year. That's what I'm getting into. Game Time has had my back. Also, bought my tickets for Eagles Bills. Eagles wearing Kelly Green. Got to see the birds of the link in Kelly Green. Got it all through Game Time with killer last minute deals, all in prices. Views from your seat and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. They're the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy it, so you know exactly what to expect. All in prices show your total front, so you know you're getting a great deal without any hidden fees. And we know with ticket pricing, fees are a pain. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Take the guesswork out of buying your tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, it's time for Stock Down right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast after the Eagles' first loss of the season to the New York Jets. And, uh, you know, there's more important players and coaches that had a hand in this loss, but I want to start with Stock Down as the guy you were mentioning at the end of segment two, the only guy in the defensive line that does not deserve to be out there, especially over Nolan Smith, who just can't seem to crack the lineup because of this dude who is just, he's a bum at this point. I know that's just not smart analysis, but I don't even want to say anything else. He's He's a bum. Derek Burnett isn't very good at football. He's a bum. He's so bad. I mean, you got Becton pointing at you laughing. That's so embarrassing. His rep where he hits, he tries to hit Becton with a spin move. And just like he's on skates, just falls on his face. Well, no, that that was where Becton just tossed oh, him because his okay. feet get yeah. to- tied Sorry, together. Sorry, there's but, multiple bad embarrassing Yeah, there's just multiple bad ones. But there's one where he tries to hit this spin move. And by the time he like plants his foot and gets around it's like a grandma on a walker trying to cross the street, how slow he goes. And with so much speed on defense, we, we talk about the guys that like clearly stand out. It's like Justin Evans just didn't seem to fit into that defense. And Derek Barnett seems to be one of those guys as well. And I don't know what Howie Roseman or what he knows over one of the guys in the, or the coaches, 
Like, <laughs> yeah, did, like, did like, Howie tell them you have to play Barnett? Listen to this from Jeff McClain. Derek Barnett has zero pressures and 49 pass rushes over six games, according to PFF. Nolan Smith, meanwhile, has just 22 pass rush attempts. You're telling me that Nolan Smith can't do what Derek Barnett's doing? I mean, get out of here. That's bad. It, it's one of those one things where, excuse me, one of those things that we talk about where it's still just like an old regime type of thing. And old it's like a 2020 Eagles thing. You know, like why, why is he still here? Like, like why is Jason that? Peters playing over Jordan Maialato? Why exactly. is Alshon getting snaps over Travis Fulgham? It's the same thing here where I mentioned the Julio Jones isn't taking reps away from younger guys that you're trying right. to develop on the edge. You're trying to develop Nolan Smith. Right. And yeah. he, we let Teron Jackson walk, who was one of the guys who I felt should have made this 53 man roster because of Derek Barnett and you and me and every one of our everydayers and everybody's friends that are everydayers of their friends have as many pressures as Derek Barnett has in the national football league right now. So applaud yourself. That's a nice little thing you can hang your hat on. Not so good for yeah. Derek Barnett stock down at Derek Barnett um, stock down too to a guy that he may have beaten actually this week. If he had to go up against him, Jack Driscoll, right tackle, just a, a brutal performance. Feel bad for the kid in a way almost, but that was the worst performance from an Eagles offensive lineman since who 2020 Jamon Brown, Brown, probably Jamon Brown against the Baltimore mm-hmm. Ravens, eight pressures allowed Driscoll only played what, like two and a half quarters. Just it showed the value of Lane Johnson, but also it, it woke us up to, oh, they need a better backup tackle because there has to be some sort of middle ground between Lane and Driscoll. Maybe that's Tyler Steen. Maybe you've moved Maialata over to right tackle if there were an injury long term and you put Steen at left tackle. But something has to be done. It's, it can't be Jack Driscoll. Luckily, Gino, the good news is Lane Johnson, if he's going to miss time, it would only, it sounds like only this game against Miami, but it does sound like he has a chance to play on Sunday night, though, too, which is massive. Fingers crossed that Superman plays because without him, yeah. he's the Eagles kryptonite when he isn't on the field, man. It's, it's yeah. bad. And the reason why I think we get upset about Jack Driscoll, and yes, you have to cut him some slack. It's a very good Jets defense. Mm-hmm. But you see what Suo Peta has been tasked with, and he had Aaron Donald as his first assignment. And he goes out there and he blanks Aaron Donald. So it's like, Jack, like, you know that you got to be ready to go, man. Like, you are the swing guy on the right side of the line. I just don't think he's good enough to do it. I mean, 2021, he was, I think he's a guard, you know, like he was a yes, solid I don't think guard he, that year. In, in space, the last he can't two operate. No, he just does not look like somebody that can on an island block somebody one-on-one. No, his footwork and his spacing on his sets and like, mm-hmm. he just gets too planted too quickly and it's like, I can Slow see off the ball too. It's yeah, I could see him in a short area as a guard, like helping you out in the run game, but he just doesn't have it at tackle. And maybe it is Tyler Steen, dude. Like he played all over the line at Alabama before he solidified himself at right at left tackle there. And he was cross training at right guard. So like, why not? Like it it can't be worse than what you had that this guy had worse of a game than Jamon Brown, which was the equivalent of the Nathan Peterman game where Peterman threw five interceptions, but he did that in a half. That's literally what Jack Driscoll did. He had eight pressures yeah. allowed basically in a half of football. And then stock down to offensive coordinator Brian Johnson. I mean, Gino, you were going in on this on Monday, and you made some really good points. It wasn't just the red zone this time. It still was, though. There were too many red zone drives where Boston Scott's touching the football, Kenneth Gainwell. You're running back-to-back-to-back quarterback draws with Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. But I think that this time it, it was outside of the red zone, too, more so than it has been the rest of the year. Lou. I want you to just listen to this, especially say, going. Is this your motion research? Because that yes, was great. Yeah. Yes. Especially going against Miami this week. 
I did this, folks. I sat down. I charted 246 attempts, scrambles, and sacks. So any time that there was a situation where the Eagles were putting the ball in the air, right? On 52 of those 246 plays, there was a little bit of motion. But on 19, only 19 of those 246 plays did a player move across the formation. And why is it so easy to defend the Philadelphia Eagles at time? times? Because you just go out there and you just have to play. Oh, you're going to have to worry this week about Tyreek Hill being anywhere on the field, motioning anywhere, having any type of release, and you still have to go and play him man-to-man, but that's the last thing you can worry about, and that's after the snap. Like You're going to be so confused before the snap even happens that Tyreek Hill is going to get lost in the shuffle like he does at times. How yeah. easy would it be to scheme A.J. Brown across the formation? Like, let's say you got two wide on both sides, A.J. and Zacchaeus, Goddard and Smith. Let's put A.J. in a jet motion across the formation. Let's snap it. Devontae goes deep. Yeah. You got the clear route for Dallas Goddard in an intermediate area. Boom. Bump that ball out to A.J. Let's get the ball down the football field. Like, you're going to have to get innovative, Brian Johnson. I'm sorry. You Especially can't just go out there and throw like- a hook. Yeah, and Gino, it feels like they, they've kind of cut back on their RPOs this year, and maybe some of it's to save Hurts, some of it's the defense is catching up, but there hasn't really been a replacement for the creativity of last year. And mm-hmm. motion should be a huge part of that. And you saw it a few times against the Jets, right? Like the first quarter, there were a couple plays, even Devontae Smith's lined up in the backfield, and then it just goes away instantly. It's really, and I think it was more evident than ever when I was charting these plays that it's like the first quarter, those first 15 plays, and then, dude, there were stretches where it's like 21 plays in a way, Mm -hmm. 21 plays in a row, rather, that nobody moved. Not even like a return motion from Dallas Goddard lined up as a Y to walk halfway across the formation, but not even that. That's just play design, and I know Nick Sirianni said that he designs the play and Brian Johnson calls him. Well, Nick, that's on you too, man. Like, stock down to Nick Sirianni. Yeah, I I agree. Situationally too, his explanation of like DeAndre Swift going out of bounds towards the end of the game and they were like, oh, we could have ran the clock, but you're more in a four-minute offense because you're only up two points. But it's like, but you're up, so why don't you run the clock? And there were just some things this week from Nick Sirianni that didn't feel totally like he was holding himself accountable, like more making excuses than anything. It's like, yeah, dude, no, this is this is your team, man. Like that offense is your baby. That's why Jeffrey Lurie hired you. Yeah, just because you don't call plays doesn't mean you're responsibility free from the offense. No, no. And he even said it. I mean, he indicted himself saying that he designs the plays. So now I'm even holding him more accountable for the lack of the motion on the offense and the lack of free releases. And Devontae Smith, like you want to make it easy for pitch and catch, man, like make it easy for these guys. I know they can win one on one, but sometimes you shouldn't have to every play. Like, yeah, like Tyree kill. Tyreek Hill can win one-on-ones the majority of the time too, Gino, but like Mike McDaniel says that you don't always have to. In the majority of the time, you're not going to have to. If bad offenses were the ones that were majorly doing motion, I would be like, okay, maybe they're in the right, but it's San Francisco. It's the Rams. Puka Nakua. I mean, the kid's good, but there's Mm. not, I mean, a direct correlation. Yeah, it's Miami. It's it's Kansas City. I mean, it's all the best offenses in football. And we're just lacking behind at this point in time. And maybe that is the cap, man. Like maybe they have to do something this week where Nick takes back the red zone play calling. I I don't know, but they have to figure something out. 
the red zone offense, the one week that it does look good, they only have a couple times to get down there where they convert two times in the red zone and they miss a field goal. It just got to get better overall. And because yeah. we've seen what it can be. And when AJ's performing this good and DeAndre is better than what you had in miles, there's no excuses. No, you've upgraded personnel wise. And even more now with Julio Jones coming into the fold, they got to be better. And you're going to have to put up points this week against the Miami Dolphins. Also stock down only time. I'll probably say this all year. Devonte Smith. I mean, you can't have the two drops he did. They're going to need him to be a lot better against the Dolphins this Sunday. We will look forward to that matchup on tomorrow's show. We've also got crossover Thursday and a Friday edition of the podcast right here on Lockdown Eagles, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Shout out to our everydayers for making us your first listen Monday through Friday. That is going to do it for today's show, though, for Gino Camilleri. I'm Lou DiBiase signing off, as always. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening. And let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.